0: So, I'm coming to you today with my deep cigar voice after a weekend at the Red River Gorge with my buddies. Great weather. It was great weather. The sultry sound. Unseasonably great weather. Joe, Joe was like, I think Joe made it through six or six or so cigars in 48 and that, hours. Oh, okay. 48 hours. I was going to say. Man, I barely saw him without a cigar in hand. I did not. I think I maybe did two or three. He probably sounds like gravel in a blender today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, I don't have like the. I've been licking a cat's butthole <laughs> yeah, taste. The stri- the dry tongue, the, yeah, well, sandpaper I don't, tongue. I don't recognize <laughs> that taste. Nah, well, cigars will do that to you, you sometimes. it's
1: because I'm a smoker.
2: Yeah, you try it so yeah, you yeah, can. That's how your mouth just naturally feels. Does anyone now, have man. a cat? I can get a base. I think Zach's Zach's the only one to weird. Expect.
0: He's the only weirdo that has uh, cats. No, man, we were in the gorge. Uh, it was a good time. We yeah. have you ever done Silver Mine? No. So, I had neither, and this is a hike. it's a hike, it's an arch in the gorge.
2: Is it over on the 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 it's wilderness a, it's side
0: it's on the south side um so we I came in through highway thirty and moved around a little bit, but it was close it was the closest thing to our cabin, and me and Blake were coming in from the south, so uh, we decided to meet up there. I did research on it, and it talked about how the it's like warning it's covered in poison ivy. The trail's not that great for the first bit because it's through a campsite, blah, blah blah. But it said it had a good payout and it was underrated, so I decided we decided to go for it. I rucked with the, got my little test bag
1: that we we're uh, looking mm. at, you know. Um, proto, yeah, prototype, non-prototype. Non,
0: yeah, the non-proto prototype. Uh, but I, t- I rucked in, had like a 25 pound bag, um, which kind of evened it for me and Blake. How <laughs> did that
1: bag do on that? By the way, uh,
0: it was awesome. I, the whole the whole trip, I loved that. Um, it's that a good bag good sweet. It's a good size, so. Uh, we'll we'll see what comes out of that, but um, the uh, got down to the the hike. So you like you you kind of drop in, and you've done some of these hikes where you like drop into the floor. Mm-hmm. It was one of those. So we went down. I think it's like seventy two steps you take down at the end, and then you kind of walk around this cliffside, and this giant. You realize there's this giant arch hidden there, and um, it it drops down and looks like a mine, you know, which is silver mine arch. Why? Because that's where it got its name. But it was probably. 60 feet long, which makes it a pretty sizable arch out there. I mean, I think some, the biggest ones are like 90. I think the, the natural bridge is the biggest one at like 95 feet. And then Gray's Arch is like 89 feet or something Are like you that. talking
2: about a height of the width, arch? Width, width
0: the yeah. Arch. Uh, or, or length, rather. Um, and then the width on it was huge, too. Now, it's not natural bridge wide, but, I mean, it was a sizable arch. But even cooler than that, we got down in there, and, and like a cave, the air temp shifted 15 degrees. And then we walked around and you had these, you know, the gorge is so crazy. Cause it's like those, it looks like you're out West, but we have trees. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we come around this corner and there's a 60 foot high, like s- straight up cliff, um, sitting there too. And it, we just kept finding, like we were meandering around and you just kept finding views like that. Uh, so we, we hung out there for a little bit and then went back and, um, it, it was a good time on the hike. But then one of the cooler things so the you guys have heard me talk about sunday best i know the team here but like for the audience uh sunday best was really the they don't get enough credit for what they did for the kentucky music scene they started off in um with with a residency at a bar in lexington meaning they were contracted to play every week and they um through like Early, late, when we were in college, so this was, I, we were, uh, I was in college like 05 to 09. These guys were kind of coming up through, and then a little bit after that, they started uh, to really get well-known. They got on CMT. They were charting on Billboard. They uh, opened started open, touring with some big bands, Leonard Skinnerd, and, um, you know, but what people don't know, <clears throat> that part you can all look up on Wikipedia. The story that's interesting that you won't find is that they – brought Tyler Childers up from nothing. Um, Tyler was literally, it's funny cause my other buddy was there who was um, his brother was Tyler Childers roommate mm. before Tyler made it big. And so he's got crazy stories about Tyler. Like they almost kicked Tyler out of the apartment <laughs> for a while because he was just a mess. Right. And, and you've all heard these stories. You'll hear, I think even Tyler's told these stories at some, or he tells them every now and then on these shows about what a mess he was. But at the Sunday shows, Blake went to all of them. He's really good friends with Nick and Chris, and uh, he he would tell me, he's like, man, you you got to listen to this this redheaded kid. Who, he's on Coke, but he's really good. And Ben was talking about how his brother, he, he they would be sitting around and Tyler would be drinking, just getting real messed up. And he goes, he'd have an idea. And he would go upstairs, and he would just be gone for like 45 minutes. And then he would come back down and play them a song, and they'd be like, you just did that? Like, you just created that out of nothing, right? And so, the, but the cool history there is that they started having Tyler open up for them. And, you know, and it's not like it was this huge explosion because most people didn't even find out about Tyler until 2018. Like, that's where he really took off with Purgatory and that tour. Um, but So we were seeing him in these little bar settings back then. I mean, I think – now, you weren't at the uh, – so I saw him at Zanzibar, which was the smallest show That's I think I ever saw him.
1: thinking about that. Uh, well, or even Redmond's back in Lexington. Yeah,
0: right, right. Uh, but I saw him at Zanzibar with maybe maybe 100 people. I don't know. Not, I mean, I think it sold out that night because Purgatory had just come out, and NPR is blowing up about this, this kid and Rolling Stone, and he started getting all this coverage, and you could kind of feel in the moment that it was getting ready to happen for him. But that was like f- – Five years after I started six years after I started listening to him and Blake had known him since he was like literally nothing but the the cool, interesting the reason this ties back to this weekend is um, so you know I, I'm I know Chris and ben, Bentley uh, or uh, Bentley and Nick um, I would say know Chris a little better. Um, we've had both of them on our old podcast so the, some, some audience members may be familiar with these guys but it was cool because uh, you know Sunday's still together but they both kind of do their solo things now and bentley was playing this barbecue shop in the gorge and uh so we we went over there on friday and got to see him him play that was really fun um we were there weren't a lot of people there um which it was like a you know kind of a random pop-up show from what i could tell but went over and ate a mountain of barbecue and uh you know had a few drinks and then went back to the cabin that night but that was you know i'm a music nerd so like getting to see bentley there and you're one of nobody, and the I like those shows. Those are, I like that way better than being at a big stadium with some of these guys. Like yeah. I think it's just way cooler when you yeah. get that intimate experience with. Like he's saying hi to us from the "What's up, Brad?" And he's like waving at you, you know, from yeah. the stage. So that was a good time. And then I, I fished. So this is yeah, where the show comes was back around pond. outdoors, dude. I sent Jacob a picture of it because I was so jacked about it when I saw it. I was like, that pond's way better. Than I remember. But access was kind of tricky, so I could only get down to one side uh, at first. And then I realized I could walk around to the dock. Well, the problem with the dock when I got down there, there was somebody else fishing on it, and it was a small pond, so I would have very much been invading their space. So this
2: was at the cabin. Yeah, the
0: cabin. I I picked this cabin partially because it was on this pond. I was like, that'll be fun. The guys might want to come down and fish. Nobody else wanted to fish. It was just me. But Sounds I went. To my life. Yeah. yeah. To my life. But I was itching it for it so bad because I was like, <clears throat> you, the, all the you could hear all the bullfrogs and everything going. I'm like, dude, this is gonna be awesome. And I got down there. I ripped it on the frog for like I committed to that for maybe 20 minutes. Just everywhere I could get to that I wasn't in their way. That didn't work. I went to the spinnerbait. I went through all of my plastic options and I couldn't get anything. And I think it's just like pro- what I think is probably such a shallow pond that they were deep and I'm the way. Just from looking at it, from what I could see, I think it was probably deeper on the far end where I went didn't go down to. And there was a bunch of good structure down there that I wanted to fish, but they they were set up on that dock. And then finally they came around to me, but I'm like, now it's weird if I go down there and start fishing over all their stuff that they got set up and torn out. I do not want to do that. Um, but I did not catch or get a bite. I just ended up just tearing lily pads. That was part of the problem. I wanted to ask you about that. So my – I, I When I started switching over to some plastics, just worms, lizards, whatever, I, I mean, I went through everything, every fluke I had. I tried literally every color, but I was using, does a heavier weight help bust through that stuff
1: or does that? Yeah. If you're trying to get through the lily pads, I would put a, that's what like I A did. bullet weight out that's on the what front I of it to punch through it. They sell actual punching weights that are dense. A lot of times they're tungsten, so they're real dense and yeah. heavy and to punch through that cover. That
0: was my theory. And I was – but, I mean, I was getting so – you know, probably across the whole bit of water between the edges having lily pads, I bet 40% of the pond was covered with lily pads. So you had an opening in the middle. And I, at first I'm like, this is going to be awesome because I can cast and drag right down this in a perfect line with where I'm at. Um, and, and you know, I'm, I was able to do that, but I wasn't getting anything. So I'm like, I'm going to get closer, and then you keep getting into it, and then you're just snag city. What time of day? It was the night. It was like right before sunset. Yeah. So – and then when I went to leave, I, uh, I, I was going to go back to London to get to get my kids um, from my parents. And then my sister's like, I'll just meet you in Lexington. I'm coming to Lexington anyway. So I'm like, okay, but this just, like I now have an hour that I'm, I would beat you there by an hour. So I was like, well, where can I fish? And I was pulling out. So I'm like looking at the map as I'm driving. And I went to the natural bridge because they have that dam there yeah. and you can't fish there. Why? It, I don't know. It's got a sign that says no fishing.
1: Really? That's new. Yeah, because they used to stock that with trout. You used to be able to literally. I I I, I pulled up, was getting
0: ready to park, and I was reading through the signs. Didn't have any symbol of the fishing thing, and then right above the entryway, it said no fishing. Huge. And i was (laughs) like, I'm not going down there. I mean, there was there was long like game wardens were everywhere. I wonder if something
1: happened because yeah, you used to be able to fish down there. They would stock it, and then there's another. Well, I think we went over to it when we were down there for the retreat. There's one, another lake that's dammed up that they stopped. Yeah. Mill Pond. Mil- yeah. So
0: that one, I I didn't go to that one. Um, I saw, I drove by it, but I didn't really see a good spot to stop. But I did end up going to this reservoir that I found on a map randomly uh, as I was driving. I just just like the biggest blue that I could find. And I, I tapped on it on the map and it said it was a reservoir. And I ended up, I mean, it's like an off-road trail up to this thing, but there was no cover, and I, I'm just – in my head, I'm like, it, it's been so hot. They've got to be deep, and I don't know if I was getting deep enough with where we were. Um, there was, like, six other people there that weren't catching anything either, but they all kind of looked like – they, they like, really didn't look like – no, look like they knew what they were doing. Like, some of them were even bobber fishing right there uh, yeah. with, like – that much under the <laughs> the bobber, and I'm like, dude, that you were catching bluegill. Yeah, that's it. It. yeah. Well, they weren't even getting blue. I mean, you couldn't. I didn't see a fish in this reservoir. So, yeah. but there was a, it was uh, dammed up, obviously, um, and the drain was there. And I was like, that's as much structure as I can see. So, I I worked with that. I don't know. I only had like 45 minutes, but I I went through everything again, and I didn't get anything. So, that's my great it's story. Tough about fishing. time of year to fish, man. I know. It's
1: so hot. I know. Really tough.
0: But that's the summary of my weekend. It's really
2: tough, and Jacob's ready to just rub it in our face. It's really tough, but what I did this weekend. Yeah, tell us,
1: Jacob. (laughs) It wasn't a fishing weekend. You know, it's funny. I haven't – I fished – so I've been gone for a couple weeks on the show, I guess, because I was in Florida. Um, I did fish down there. I caught some some speckled trout and some flounder. No luck on a redfish. So I fished down there when we were in Florida. Did you keep any of those? Did you cook any of those up? No, only one of the flounder was keepable. Mm couple of the trout might have been keeper size. But, but you still
0: didn't keep the flounder?
1: No, because um, when when you catch fish down there, usually I would take a cooler of ice and set it out with me. And if I'm not catching them consistently, I won't take the cooler because it's a hassle to do yeah. that at 5 in the morning when the kids are still sleeping or whatever. So I, d- I didn't take a cooler out with me because I wasn't really catching them. Um, didn't have a cooler with me. And honestly, like cleaning one fish is just not worth it with you know the time and effort and then it's like okay i have two (laughs) filets two tiny (laughs) filets yeah so yeah i didn't keep any of this time and then um I, i made eyes on a redfish that was every bit of you know from tail to dorsal fin 24 inches maybe and so you're thinking put the head on that thing that was a big redfish and I saw it tailing on an oyster bar and chased it around in a kayak for a little bit. And that was like heart racing, excitement, trying to get that thing. But he disappeared, lost him. So no big fish that trip. But that's honestly, man, the only fishing I've done since we went down to North Carolina. Are you yeah, going with us in a few weeks? Yeah. yeah we'll I
2: We're opening up to spouses. Oh, yeah, mine's not going to do Liz that. Liz says
1: she's out. Yeah, okay, well, then Amanda's definitely not going. Want, I thought she would want to
2: That's the best fish, right? outcome, and I know Amanda's going to watch this, but we does offer Does Amanda
0: her? watch these? She doesn't get enough of you at home?
2: Uh, Yeah, she does watch them. I don't know why. Maybe she likes me. I don't know.
0: Well, maybe she probably, brain's usually probably wants shit. to see what you, no, you can fess up to.
2: You offer to the spouses, and then they don't take it up. It's a win-win, right? My, my
0: yeah. wife likes to kayak, but she would not want to sit and wait on us to fish.
2: Amanda would love her ideal weekend day would be to sit up in a chair and read through a couple books. Like, she's like, I would just paddle ahead, bring a little folding chair, set up at the rapids eh, underneath a tree, and just read for hours. So she'd be into that. But Liz, you know, probably would have fished, offered it to Braden's girl. Uh, but that'd be kind of a big paddle boarding trip.
0: I have got my. We, I've got her into like the last four or five years. We've been renting a pontoon. I've got her into the boat that way. Um, like she's she likes doing that. And uh, now my my youngest is old enough now to where you know you can have some fun with the. Water. You're not like in the boat with a baby. It's not stuck yeah. with something you can't even put sunscreen on. Well, um, there's
1: parts of that trip that are going to be work too. Yeah, and if somebody doesn't love paddling there's going to be some spots
0: we used to we used to do some decent paddle trips i think the longest we ever did on floyd's fork there's a le- 11 mile float you can do but it gets down into where the stream thins out and it is i haven't done it in years but i mean the end of that is kind of gnarly but she and i did that um sh- she was a good paddler liked it um but i never fished on those trips we were always kind
2: of just floating well this the dicks you know, you float down the Kentucky river and turn into dicks and it goes up to a dam and then you go back up the way you came, but then you got to go upstream on the Kentucky river. So you're paddling upstream. And I mean, it's not impossibly hard, but it's definitely something where if you lost your breath and took a 30 minute or 30 second to a minute pause, you'd be back to where you started. Like you cannot stop or you will lose ground. Um, And there's no other takeouts. Uh, on that section, so you have to be able to paddle upstream. do my canoe with the
0: trolling motor and just burn through it. <laughs> well, actually, you
1: could bring that and just set it out the mouth of the creek. No, I don't have it tagged. It's technically, Uh-oh.
0: yeah, technically when you put the the trolling motor on it, you got to have a tag, license it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, unless it's electric, right? No, I think it's, oh,
0: the, and electric, yeah. you still have to. Yeah, which I used to still do it sometimes.
2: You're such a rebel. We
1: it's don't true. condone breaking the law, but we break the law.
2: Well. But we don't condone ourselves doing. It's a long time we ago. We hate ourselves for doing. It. <laughs> we hate ourselves. Yeah, it was a long time
0: ago. The problem with doing it in the canoe was the battery was so heavy that I would have to put weight in the like even if I didn't need it just to because otherwise, <laughs> was, yeah, dude, uh, it was a trip. I'm sure people. Well, actually, I would I would like stop traffic on Harrods Creek. People would be on up on the docks and stuff, and they'd see me coming. I'd just be standing and just steering with the paddle, and they're like, "What? How is he doing this? Because it's clearly a canoe." And then I would kind of come by, but the the bass guys that hit up uh, Floyd or that, that Harrods Creek would always be jealous because I could get way back in there and they couldn't get nearly as far with their boats. So well, I have a
1: buddy that has um, some unique access back there where people don't go because he knows somebody that lives out in that area, and we've talked for years about getting back there because it is that scenario where people can't get back there, and that he said it's some of the best smallmouth that he's fished for. Out
0: I need to go out there with you all because. Which I always fish in the summer, and it's just, you know, it's not ideal. Um, that's just what I've got now. But uh, I've struggled over there historically. Unless I'm, like, fishing – accidentally catching gar. That's usually what happens to me on Herod's Creek. It's loaded with gar. Yeah.
1: Like I, in that, I think it gets a decent amount of pressure right there. At the oh, it does. Yeah. The There's
0: always – I mean, up until – well, what's funny is you told me about that different put-in, and I did that with my son, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, way less traffic right there. But – You know, me and him did three and a half miles, I think, Um, and that was a lot for him. And we still didn't make it up to where it really starts to thin out. I've been up that way, but I had it was either I did it once with my wife and some friends in kayaks, and then once with my um, brother-in-law in in a canoe with his son. But that was adult paddling. My son kind of tuckered out.
1: Yeah,
0: which three and a half miles, at
2: you know his age, is pretty good. Yeah, so it's going to be a good trip as long as the water oh, levels. I'm excited about water levels are good. We won't know till the week of if, yeah. if, if what the water levels are looking like. But Jacob, you were saying that there was some going on this weekend. Does this have to do or this last weekend? Does this have to do with you going to see if your trail camera fell down? Ooh. It does.
1: It does indeed. What happened? So a few weeks ago, I started getting pictures from this trail camera that were like, like it was laying against part of a tree and then grass. So I thought the tree it was on had fallen. Um, so luckily that did not happen when I got out there, you know, trees grow. So I'm assuming there was just enough pressure oh, from that, that it just popped the buckle and it didn't snap the anything. It just popped the buckle open. And so the camera's hanging on the side of the tree. Um, Friday, Thursday, Friday, I had gotten a picture of two coyotes like running through past it. And I was like, I gotta get out there and move that thing, and figure out what's going on. So, I go out, I'm going to both, both farms that I hunt to clean up the cameras, rehang them. There's two I needed to take down that have stopped working. Um, and so at the big farm, I go back to this spot, which is really close to where I shot my buck last year and where I plan to hunt this year. And so they have planted soybeans out at the farm. My mother-in-law worked with a farmer, so he's kind of leasing it per se, to plant soybeans out there. So when I found that out, I was immediately like, okay, I'm down with that. Uh, I don't have to worry about food. I don't have to worry about, you know, cutting the fields. It was all going to be done. So it was a best case scenario. I go out to this back field that he has said he is sacrificing to the deer. He's not cutting it. He's not harvesting it. This whole back field is, is just for the deer to eat. And so I go back to this creek bed find my camera that's hanging off a tree it has grown up around where I put that camera to the point where there's no point in putting it back there so I'm, I'm like okay I gotta find a different tree I go down a, a little ways maybe 25 yards find a really good tree that I'm looking out at the field behind me as soybeans and I'm like I need to hunt out of that tree and so I clear a path uh, actually put the camera on that tree because my mindset was I'm gonna hang this camera I've got to come back out here with stuff to clean up the limbs so I can climb that tree. So when I come back out, I'll move that camera off the tree I'm going to hunt from. So I'll just leave it here for a couple weeks, see what happens. So that night, fast forward a few hours, I did some other cleanup and stuff out there. Um, I'm at home. I lay down in bed. I cannot fall asleep. It's like 1030 or something. Cannot fall asleep. I go downstairs and start reading a book, which is right under my nightstand my phone is up there on my nightstand and I hear bzz, bzz, bzz. it just keeps buzzing. I'm like, what in the hell? Who is texting? Me? I thought it was you all or something. So 1130, I go up and I lay down, grab my phone to figure out what all the texts are. And it's my trail camera app. I'm like, Oh, okay. And I knew because of the two different brands for the cameras, I knew it was the one that i had hung on my, my hunting tree. And so Um, Brad has already seen these. So I start looking at these pictures and it is buck after buck after buck after two bucks (laughs) after like, I mean, the easily the size of the one I got last year. Wow. And then they're just still there. There's another one where now there's three bucks in the photo because one's laying down bedded in the soybeans. So, they just mm-hmm. I I cannot go to sleep at this point. Like literally, so yeah. excited. This camera worked out the spot. You know, I've, I hopefully I didn't mess it up by having that camera there. Um, but I'm going to go in and move it so that I can then hunt from that tree without as you know as much disturbance. Um, a few weeks before season, they gotta so. get out
0: for early archery though.
1: Yeah, that is my plan. Like I've I've kind of you know I've talked to Braden about is it, like this year my goal is to try to get one in velvet if i can and then be done i'm, I'm going to take my 10 year old out hunting this year he's expressed interest and want to go in going, so then i can turn my attention to that and then maybe get an out-of-state tag hunt in indiana with those guys or do something different um so we'll see if it happens i shot my bow last week and i'm not extremely confident in how that's going at <laughs> yeah, the moment yeah, so got a little work to do well so i walk out in the field and i'm in the soybeans looking at the tree and I pull up on X and I do the, the line measurement and it's 30 yards to this one spot. Well, those deer that were on that camera is at 10. I mean, I could literally throw the arrow at them. And so you're going to get into spearing. No, (laughs) not confident in that, (laughs) but I am hopeful that those guys will screw up, show up during the daylight, come through in September, get an early deer would be pretty sweet. One in velvet is You're doing better
0: than me. I, uh, you, you remember Matt, our buddy from Garmin, mm-hmm. went out and did a Western hunt and he couldn't take his Garmin. And I was like, Well, my zero, I had a prototype or like a something to, with my zero was like a demo device that they had been testing with and it got messed up. And Matt's like, It's probably just a software update, but here you can just have mine this season if you'll give me your site because he needed a, a fixed pin. And I was like, cool yeah take it so all of my arrow settings and everything was set up on matt's bow side and then he's like i i kind of need it back though and i'm like well i mean do you <laughs> you sure you don't just want to
1: trade That single pin's great right.
0: I, I like the single pin but i i do like the Garmin zero a lot yeah. so but now i got to go in and <clears throat> i got two different options here i did just buy some new arrows before i got those other arrows so now i'm like do i want to do a whole new setup or do i just want to roll with what will be closer to what because if i put my bow sight back on with with my the ones i bought uh recently it'll be close i'll give i'll be tuned up quick now i need to practice a little bit i haven't shot since last year um been busy but i I think i could get up and running quicker with that setup instead of moving to my new arrows which is probably what i'm going to do yeah we got some demo arrows. Jacob and I worked with a brand to get some demos, and I know they're really good, but I'm like, I just don't, like, I think I'd rather go path least resistance here and just do what's easy. Do so, what
1: you feel confident in. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I, out there, you know, this weekend, long pants, long shirt, cutting all this brush down, and I'm like, dude, in a month, it's still going to be balls hot That's out here. I That's don't, why I don't do the September That's thing, the man. thing is, like – I hope I get a good enough shot that that thing goes down quick and I can make.
0: You do have to work work real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: So the farmer setting up that deer field just as an effort to keep them from eating the real crop or does the farmer also want to hunt?
1: No, he's not going to hunt it. Um, he he kinda saw it as a if I leave this alone, hopefully they'll eat out there less disturbance it's, and yeah, there's a way. We're not coming through that field. Gotcha. So hopefully deer stay back there. Okay. It's 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 extra benefit for us hunting yeah. out there. Um so I do have my my brother in law that's gonna hunt out hunt there as well. Um and so I'm sending him these pictures the other day and so
2: So yeah. he doesn't set up his own cameras?
1: He has cameras on the other property. Oh, okay. Um, anything coming through on that one yeah that's what i asked no there were there's a lot of doe and fawn action in that that spot and then every year october november some bucks show up one year we've had a a bachelor group of three shootable bucks that came through but it's not common on on those cameras to see a lot of deer i don't or a lot of bucks they're in the area because i've seen them hunting there but I just don't get a ton ton of pictures of them. Hmm. Yeah. This is random, but did you take that bear home I gave you? No, I forgot about it. Oh, dude, I. Just uh, a
0: reminder. I just ate I'm it. Gonna set her, we buddy. ate it this weekend. I'm, this is what I was telling you guys before the podcast. I've been eating for like not, I mean, we just ate nonstop. I, I smoked backstrap and brought it in and made a big charcuterie uh, board. <laughs> um, uh we always, I think there's a whole skit or a clip from an early podcast where Jacob and I like couldn't say it. Um, but I smoked a backstrap and we had cheeses and like fig spread and like we just went to, to town on that. But we also ate at Miguel's Pizza in the Gorge. Uh, we ate massive breakfasts every day. Uh, but I brought in for yesterday before we left, I cooked a pound of uh, bear ground bear and I put uh, Tacticalers came out with a chorizo seasoning mm-hmm. so. My thing with sausage, like a lot, I've I've tried to season sausage, and I always end up screwing it up. Uh, even if I fall it to the T on what they tell me to do, I either get too much seasoning or not enough, and then I regret it. So, what's cool about this seasoning is I can basically make chorizo sausage in the pan. And so I put the pound in there, kind of dice it up, spread it around the whole pan, and then I just cover it with seasoning until every every bit of the top. That's like the right ratio for me. Is if I spread it out. Then cover the top, and then I just as I'm kind of busting it up to be um, like a like ta- like you're making taco seasoning or taco meat, um, and then we kind of just dumped it over the eggs. But dude, so good! Those guys had never had bear either, so that was that you know, was cool. Um, yeah. But then I'm we decided to eat it. I forgot yeah. it was. In <laughs> but then we ate uh, between all of us, we ate like six pounds of uh, barbacoa in like minutes because we i forgot the rice so we didn't have the rice to pad out the taco and so everybody just each taco was like a half pound taco
2: <laughs> that's what it was like on our walleye fishing trip everyone brought something to you know to cook and then like i felt like that last day everyone was like oh we gotta cook that stuff so i felt like we ate like three meals in five hours or something yes. it was ridiculous yeah was good
1: and we didn't cook at all
2: yeah. no yeah, i did i, I did cook up uh some of the walleye filets this weekend did fish sandwiches with the beer batter with a dark brown mm. cougar bait and and the filets were so thick it was like it looked like a fake you know like those advertisements that you never really get but it was like a fish filet that was like that thick and then just like tomato lettuce uh so i'm I was so gonna, hungry
1: i told y'all before the show i was hungry
2: i'm, hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting
0: hungry too. i said i was gonna like cleanse out and not eat today but i'm not gonna <laughs> make it after this i'm Dude, gonna be ordering fish sounds good gonna be ordering chipotle in like 30 minutes yep. yeah we
2: did a we did another one that was the cornmeal fried and i think i'm more of a beer battered fried yeah. guy for sure i
1: prefer that i do the cornmeal all the time because it's less effort it's the most complicated.
2: I like cornmeal
0: because I can actually eat it. I can't do the flour. so mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, I feel like it gets really crispy easier, too.
0: It does. Yeah. Panko. You ever use panko? On? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. You can get gluten-free panko. I, so for anybody that doesn't know, I don't know why you would know, but I have a wheat allergy, which sucks. Um, takes out a lot of good – all the good things in life have flour in them, as I've learned. But I I've, can cook around it. I can pretty much make anything at this point. I can fry green tomatoes, fried chicken, whatever I want to do. Um, but the, there's gluten-free panko and that's my ticket on anything. I mean, it's so, it gets like hunky crispy. Like you were talking about just so much, it'll pack on there.
2: Yeah. I know a lot of people that have been, I don't like gluten, but you're the first person who's like, Oh. I I love gluten but it will destroy me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man, I like Nashville hot chicken. There's things I miss yeah. uh, for sure. And there's sometimes I've seen well, them
2: just roll the dice on it.
0: Yeah, well if I'm traveling sometimes I will. I might never do that again after this year. Um but the the big thing it killed was beer. Like I I was a big IPA guy. I used to brew beer, love beer and then one day you find out it's like literally killing you. So
1: I would struggle with that.
0: Yeah. Uh before we end here, I wanted to give a uh, just a shout out to no low ballers, uh, the podcast. If you guys have not checked that out, it is a show that we launched in partnership with gunbroker.com and the um, we're still map I think we're we really hitting our stride in the last five episodes we recorded. So the way we're doing this show is uh, we're kind of gathering up once we record those once a month and they're always in person, which is cool. It's a little, it's not Sonic like you listening to these zoom recordings wanted to keep it really high quality, but we're getting somebody from Gunbroker in and, uh, there's, there's a go wild team member or two on each show. And then the, um, uh, we have Logan Medish from high caliber history who has been on our old show gearbox talk. If you saw the show that I did with, uh, L- uh Logan in 2021 of shot show, 1921, it was like a hundred years before that was that guy. So he's the host of the, of no low ballers. And we're, we're effectively looking at oddities in, in, in history of guns. So sometimes that means going back to like the great depression. Sometimes it's, you know, talking through the mob guns and how those came to be. Uh, We're going to do some episodes on like mouse guns. We just did an episode on the history of several popular movie guns. Uh, We did like dirty Harry han solo robocop there was another one in there i can't remember dan do you remember the other pop culture it gun? was
2: the uh the dirty hairy gun it was the real gun Dirty Harry was one of them. James, and Bond. James Bond. James
0: Bond. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but but Logan kind of pulls out all the the history of it, and then so far we've had Allen on every time. I think that part will change. Allen will start to interchange with some other people from Gunbroker, depending on the topic. But Allen's knowledge, after being in the industry for I don't know, however long, almost twenty years, I guess, has just you know, and a lifelong gun enthusiast. It really is
2: like if you like, you know, uncensored is us being dumb and ignorant about a lot of stuff if you took half of the people from Uncensored and then on the other side of the table you had people the exact opposite that knows, opposite stuff. That knows <laughs> stuff and we can say something really dumb and ask a dumb question and immediately get a very smart answer about anything firearm related yeah. is really what we're scoping out. It's, and I, that's what makes it fun because I'll, I'll say some dumb, ask some dumb questions and you see Logan just like processing it and he's like, no, that's not how it works at all. It yeah. reminds
1: me of that one reality show that was like, pros versus joes or something yeah like, exactly. we are the guy that well, gets laid out by the linebacker yeah. <laughs> just the way it
0: works like we always are on the other side of the table too so it's literally got that divide of like intelligence stops halfway <laughs> across the table
2: and that's what makes it fun that's what gets
0: all the clicks but some of it you know like you and i were on the movie ones dan because you know i think of those particular movies we were talking about we both had ties to it like you know, the, we go deep on the 007 gun, but also I think for our generation, a lot of that was Goldeneye. I mean, we talked deep about uh, why that gun was chosen. And Dirty Harry, you know, what an unusual choice for his gun. We talk about Han, the Han Solo conversation was super interesting.
2: Yeah, we were talking about Terminator's uh, 1887, I believe it was, the lever-action shotgun from Terminator 2. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I remember when they put those in the original Modern Warfare multiplayer. And they were way overpowered and for like two weeks anyone that had those guns could just eliminate anyone until they patched it. So I have like fond memories of oh yeah, I remember seeing that gun in Terminator and then, you know, whatever, fifteen years later it comes out in Modern Warfare and you're like, Oh, it's the gun from Terminator and you could akimbo them and So yeah, so we so we uh we definitely bring a different perspective than yeah. Some of the others.
0: Yeah, the show the show's really good. Shout out to Braden for Braden's kind of behind the scenes on the show right now. We'll probably throw him in eventually. Um, but Braden has been prepping through and, and really helping us kind of shape the episodes with Logan to really keep them focused. Uh, we don't want to get on there and just to, like, we like guns. It's, it's really targeted, really, really concentrated conversation on like one specific topic. And, uh, the 30 minute episodes, you can, um, w- they're coming through the sportsman's empire network. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, the whole episode. A lot of these guys have asked us, they were like, well, I wish uncensored was on YouTube. Uh, we used to do the full episodes and we started just kind of releasing some clips all of no low ballers is on YouTube. And so we'd love for you guys to look that up. Uh, it's on the Go Wild channel. So look up the Go Wild channel on YouTube. You can find the whole show. We're posting them on Go Wild as well. Um, a lot of content's coming through there. Gunbroker's pushing it. So there there are going to be some uh, over throughout the next year or two, we've got our eyes on quite a few good guests that'll be, they'll be coming in. So we just kind of jump started this to get rolling but even even in the last five that we recorded last week you know significantly finding quickly finding our footing um you know it's got a, g- a good culture on the the uh host and co-host so everything it's a really fun show so i just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that um fun note i'm I'm getting clobbered with the the gun broker. Why, why did uh when are you bringing back the gun broker t-shirt <laughs> t-shirts um, we're not that's the thing. They're gone. They're gone. Uh um, got one. Yeah. So, so if you got
1: one out there and you want to sell it for twice the price on ebay.
0: Twice the price of nothing is still nothing. <laughs> 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 that was the thing. It was a free reward. And it was a cool design. We'd never done a design like this. And I'm getting a lot of people who are like, "When is this shirt coming back in stock?" And sometimes reward shirts do come back in stock. But these partnership ones with GunBroker, anything you see hit like that is likely going to be a limited run. So grab it when you see it. Um, and and also you kind of want to keep building up your points because you know you may not meet the threshold for future ones. So uh, just just keep building in. Keep an eye on it when you get that email or that push notification telling you, you unlocked a reward. You better get after it because man. Hundreds of shirts were gone within like a few hours, and uh, and then Dan and I spent the next like three days answering questions about where did all the shirts go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, we had people just getting shirts that weren't even their size you know you got to a point where the only size available was like a 2xl and people were redeeming it and they're like a night shirt yeah you know <laughs> it'll be like my lawnmowing shirt and my swimming shirt you
0: guys are gonna be like tying them up like the belly exactly. shirts in the 90s man I, I, exactly you could do that right now dan i've been looking at your stomach the whole show <laughs> you i, 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 I be, didn't i, I don't know can't if it, see it. I don't know if it's gonna be on the camera or not but i didn't want to tell you uh, Gosh, you know at the beginning well
2: if you get a bunch of likes <laughs> that's why
1: something's crazy that episode went nuts
2: <laughs> we're gonna use this
1: show
0: to kick off dan's only fans account <laughs> we even kick it off <laughs> <laughs> maybe ramp it up ramp it up get more than just your one cousin who subscribes to it yeah oh, Ooh. that's probably a good way to end right there yeah. just leave them with that that's visual sign off. yeah all right well you guys know what to do log the show on uh Thank you to all the guys that do log the show, by the way. I always like to see everybody's thoughts uh, from David, Adam, and everybody
2: We should mention on that Gun Broker shirt, it was a 1776 shirt, so we put it at you only got the notification if you had 1,776 uh, points. I didn't know that. So, that's correct, right? I'm not mm-hmm. wrong about that. That's right. So, we might have another reward that is free, that is a limited time drop, that might be at 3,000 points or 4,000 points or whatever. So when you are
0: logging this show. That's where you're going with this. Yep. I, get, I like okay, it. You log
2: the show. You get the points. So, if you're doing stuff, log it on the app. And then and then if, if it puts you over the threshold for the next free reward, whenever that might be... And you not kicking yourself for not logging all the podcasts. You pod can log all kinds of to. stuff,
0: too. I think there's like 50 activities. I log my workouts. I log when I go fishing and don't catch anything. You know,
2: scouting, like when Jacob goes out and cooking. adjusts his trail cams, log that time. Yeah,
0: if you want to log eight hours for cooking barbacoa, even though you weren't standing there looking at it, that's fine
2: with us. You know? Yeah. So If you yeah. want to log 48 hours of fishing every single day for weeks at a time actually we, we will d- block your account <laughs> so we just, do look I was at not saying well, we do that well we do look actually. at what people are logging and it's not an invitation well, to the uh,
0: the funny thing is we have a there's a cap so those kids hit the cap pretty quick there's a
2: cap too but just put a little sentence be like hey i was out hiking for two days out in the red river gorge cool awesome
0: yeah yeah all right guys um so to log time go to your go wild account, right. hit the plus sign hit log time, and then you can kind of scroll through your options there. And if you want to log time for this show, you'll hit outdoor podcast. So that pulls up the feed. You can tap and, uh, tap the, this show that you're listening to, tag us. We've got Dan Hood, Jacob Knight, and Brad Luttrell here. And you just go ahead and tag Braden Ware because he's sitting and listening because he's running the cameras for us today. And uh, give him a shout-out for all the hard work. All right, thanks, y'all. We're out.